This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes, a daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. You know, the Democrats retaking the House of Representatives in the midterm elections last year uh, was a disaster. Uh, It uh, stymied the Trump agenda, the America First agenda, and it gave power uh, back to the Democrats so that they could, uh, you know, continue their uh, Trump derangement syndrome-inspired witch hunts of the president and uh, and bog the government down uh, for the next two years so that nothing will get done. And it's given them, obviously, the ability to block Trump's efforts to secure our border and uh, reform our trade deals and and uh, many other things that benefit the American people. But there is a, uh, a side effect that uh, shouldn't be ignored, a positive side effect that shouldn't be ignored. And that is it's giving everybody the opportunity to see firsthand just how unhinged and dysfunctional the Democrat Party has become and hopefully uh, remind them in the lead-up to the president's re-election in 2020 uh, that the Democrats uh, have become uh, not only dysfunctional but actually at their core anti-American and and most certainly anti-free enterprise and uh, nobody is reminding that uh, the American people of that more than this uh, new crop of uh, Democrats that uh, they've sent to Washington Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her Green New Deal of fantasy. She's basically become the de facto leader of the Democrat Party, the thought leader at the very least. Uh, She doesn't have the gavel, but uh, have no doubt that uh, that's the way the party's headed. And you've got these these two Islamists um, that uh, were elected, uh, Omar, uh, Ehan Omar from uh, Minnesota and... uh, Talib from Michigan that are reminding everybody that um, there is a strong strain among the leftists in the Democrat Party that is uh, pro-Palestinian, pro-Islamist, and uh, stridently uh, hates Israel. And and really, we've had that on parade uh, with this uh, the Somali. Representative from uh, the um, from Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis, 
Ihan Omar, who uh, just cannot restrain herself from making anti-Semitic uh, statements. Uh, she, uh, right after getting to office, uh, she made uh, an anti-Semitic statement on Twitter, and uh, and of course they. Uh, Washington melted down, and she was forced to apologize. But no sooner had that blown over than she um, she pointed out that uh, Jews uh, exercise outside influence in Washington D.C. because of their uh, their control of the Democrat Party and uh, their heavy campaign uh, contributions and organization. Well, that is just not something that you're allowed to utter in Washington, D.C. So the Democrats, in service of their their campaign contributors, uh, knew that they had to do something. And so they initially decided, well, you know, the Republicans were were saying, well, you you got to address this in the same way we addressed uh, Iowa Congressman Steve King. Steve King said in an interview with the New York Times that, um, you know, when did Western civilization become a bad word? Now, they tried to to take his uh, statements out of context and add white supremacy in there, but uh, if you read the statements carefully, he was saying, when did Western civilization become a, a, a bad word? For that statement and the misrepresentation that the media of New York Times was able to smear Sting, Steve King with, the uh, the cowardly Republicans uh, rushed in and stripped Representative King of all of his committee assignments. So then you have Miss Arm Omar and and Talib as well, uh, you know, trotting out all of these anti-Semitic tropes when that is a major constituency in the Democrat Party. And the Republicans rightly pointed out, hey, you know, you're insisting that we police our own side of. Uh, of uh, verboten comments, but you're not doing the same on yours. So the Democrat leadership, Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer and um, and uh, the the congressman from South Carolina, whose name I'll think of in a second, they said, well, you know, we're not going to remove her from the committee, never mind the fact that her plum committee assignment is the Foreign Affairs Committee where she can do a lot of damage to Israel. Uh, but we will... We will uh, have a resolution of disapproval of Representative Omar. Oh, no, you can't have that. Uh, This new crop of uh, representatives, Democrat representatives, said, well, you're picking on poor Miss Omar. You can't call her out by name. Okay, so Pelosi and Hoyer and uh, Claiborne, uh, so, well, what we'll do is we'll just uh, we'll, we'll we'll have a a resolution against anti-Semitism. We won't call her by name, but everybody will know what we're talking about. No, 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 no," said uh, said all of the uh, identity politics minorities in the Democrat Party. You can't call out anti-Semitism by name and ignore anti-Islam and. And all of these other uh, uh, isms that uh, that you know we have built our political party around. Okay, okay, okay," said uh, Pelosi and Hoyer and uh, Claiborne. We'll just have a general resolution against hate. 
<laughs> so, so they're they're not allowed to call Omar by name. They're not allowed to call out anti-Semitism by name. They're just going to call out uh, generalized hate by name. And by that time, nobody will know who is talking about. But even that was too much for this uh, this new Democrat Party of which you know Pelosi and and Hoyer and Claiborne. They're the old guard Democrats. You just thought they were crazy. This new leftist Democrat party is all the way over the edge. So they had their uh, their weekly meeting to discuss legislative priorities and such things. The Democrats did yesterday. It's behind closed doors, and uh, and they had an absolute meltdown. The uh, the Blacks uh, in the uh, Democrat caucus rallied around Omar because not only is she um, Muslim and anti-Semitic, she is also black, so you're not allowed to say anything bad about her. Saying anything bad about a protected minority is de facto racism uh, in the new Democrat Party. They have a uh, a pass on the such things. Um the new Democrats subscribe wholeheartedly to cultural Marxism, and in cultural Marxism, you cannot possibly be guilty of any sort of bigotry or hatred or racism because, according to the, the cultural Marxist doctrine, you have no power. Never mind the fact that Omar is sitting in the House of Representatives along with Tlaib and, and all these other protected minorities. You cannot criticize them for that. Doing so would uh, would violate their whole uh, cultural Marxist doctrine, and so it just it just can't be tolerated. And so at this meeting where the, uh, they had it had an absolute meltdown with all of the the new leftist uh, members of the Democrat caucus rallying to uh, Omar's defense, and now it depends it, it appears that the leadership has entirely thrown in their uh, the white towel and uh, and there is no resolution um, condemning Omar or anti-Semitism or, or even anything that can be construed uh, to imply that she has done anything wrong. Here's a report from MSNBC uh, to just give you a taste of this and then we'll, uh, we'll have some other clips of what other people are saying about it. Well, the bottom line here, Craig, is Democrats are in a jam. They're not sure exactly how they want to deal with this issue. Democratic leadership in particular are upset with the comments that Congresswoman Omar has made. Are this they is really? not the first time she's made comments that have been perceived as anti-Semitic. And they feel like they have to do something. They have to send a message. They have to stand on the principles that they believe they have. If they're going to condemn Republicans for saying things that they think, don't think are appropriate. I have to remind you here that this uh, this clip is off of MSNBC, and so the reporter's primary job is to justify this inaction on behalf of the leadership and uh, and give them a path where they can let Omar off the hook. They feel like they have to condemn Democrats, too. But on the other end of the thing is the pushback from Congresswoman Omar saying, isn't it not allowable to criticize Israel in any way without it being called anti-Semitic? She- <laughs> No, 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 it's not. That is established uh, um, uh, taboo in Washington. 
And uh, it has been observed uh, for quite some time. And uh, Omar is declaring an exemption because, of course, she is, uh, you know, of the protected class. Argues that she is talking about uh, Israeli policies, not Jewish people, American Jews, not the Jewish religion. And is that not a fair source of criticism? I'm not calling out Jewish people per se. I'm just uh, calling out Jewish people for the way they act. Furthermore, she has been the target of some anti-Muslim attacks from outside folks as well. I'm the real victim here, not the not the uh, Jews. You can't criticize me because I'm the real victim. And there's this general feeling of how hard do you want to, you know, pile on one freshman congresswoman? Democrats are looking for a Goldilocks option here to condemn what she has said without feeling like they've gone too far. And you can hear it from some of the Democrats we spoke to this morning as they try to weigh this out. Take a look. Actually, what they've decided now is uh, if they're, they're going to do anything that can be interpreted in any way, however um, mild to Omar, then they're going to have a revolt on their hands. The most important thing is the Democratic caucus is united against anti-Semitism. We want to make sure that everybody knows that. We've actually already passed a resolution along those lines. Um, Well, actually, you didn't pass the resolution, and you're not united against it because you can't even come up with a mild resolution um, rebuking Representative Omar uh, for her strident statements against uh, Jews. And we also want to make sure that we don't allow Republicans and others to try to divide us as a caucus. Some members who... Now, this is Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, coming up, but uh, what, that, um, what that last commenter uh, just said, she's, uh, she's among the new class of uh, Democrat leftists, uh, was that uh, any attempt to hold us accountable for our own racism and our own uh, anti-religious bigotry uh, we'll just divide the caucus, so we can't allow that to happen. Debbie Wasserman Schultz comes from Broward County, Florida, which is heavily uh, Jewish itself, and here's what she had to say. Either repeatedly or individually, continue to use anti-Semitic tropes, and I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's unknowing, then apparently we do need to put a resolution on the floor that educates people about how harmful and hurtful anti-Semitism is. Well, what, what we have here is a party that's designed completely around identity politics and what they're going to find out and what the American people will have the chance to observe over the next couple of years is, is those identity uh, groups uh, often come in direct conflict. And especially when you put Islamists in there who are uh, you know, uh, advocates for uh, Palestine, you're going to have uh, a, a conflict there with um, with the Jewish uh, constituency in the party. Here's what Brett Hume had to say on Brett Baer's newscast about all of this. Well, I think it was interesting that the, the leadership in the Democratic Party in the Congress jumped on her with both feet, really, and got her to issue what she called an unequivocal apology. The question remains now is whether any action will, further action will ensue. You may recall when Congressman Steve King of Iowa, a hardcore conservative who's been accused of racial insensitivity and worse, um, was in, caught in a similar situation. He was stripped by the uh, Republican leadership of his committee assignments. Um, this Ms. Ms. Omar is now has a seat on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, which is a coveted position, as we always say, and so far no move to strip her of any of her committee assignments. They not only have not stripped her from 
the committee assignments, uh, if you read her so-called apology, you can tell it's uh, equivocal and uh, really not uh, heartfelt in any way. She's doing what she thinks she had to do in order to uh, keep her position on the Foreign Affairs Committee. But um, it's pretty apparent now that the Democrats are not going to be able to move any sort of resolution forward that, uh, that holds Omar to account in any way whatsoever. And if you want to know what's behind all of this, it's radical Islam, and uh, and nobody points this out better than old Calypso Louis Farrakhan himself. But Miss Omar from Somalia, she started talking about the Benjamins. And they trying to make her apologize. I, sweetheart, don't do that. Oh, pardon me for calling you sweetheart. But uh, you do have a sweetheart. You're using it to shake the government up. But you have nothing to apologize for. Israel and APAC pays off senators and congressmen to do their bidding. So you're not lying. So if you're not lying, stop laying down. You were sent there by the people to shake up that corrupt house. Shake it up. Now, if Omar really wanted to push back against this uh, accusation that she's anti-Semitic, she would at least, wouldn't you think, reject those statements from Calypso Louis and the uh, Nation of Islam, stridently anti-Semitic, stridently racist against white people. But she won't do that. You just watch. She will not do any such thing because doing that would uh, alienate a major portion of her voters. Tlaib, uh, the the new congresswoman that took over from Keith Ellison over in Michigan, has actually been published, had articles published in the uh, Nation of Islam's uh, newspaper. So what you've got now is a mainstreaming in the Democratic Party of uh, these uh you know, these uh, hateful um, supremacist organizations. You got uh, La Raza and, um, and other Hispanic supremacist organizations, and now you've got uh, uh, the Nation of Islam being represented by uh, Omar and, uh, and Tlaib. We're going to run out to a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about other news that uh, has been breaking today. Stick with us, and we'll be right back. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.
Well, there was an interesting article in uh, Real Clear Politics uh, today, actually yesterday, um, talking about the uh, the issue of ballot harvesting. You know, of course, that the way that the Democrats were able to take um, over all of the congressional seats in uh, Orange County, California, which was until then a major stronghold, probably the last readout of uh, Republican power in the state of California. All of those Republican seats in uh, Orange County fell to the Democrats because the Democrats made ballot harvesting legal in uh, in California. So it turned out that uh, a, a Republican candidate in North Carolina, I think his name is McCready, now, don't hold me to that name because it may be mistaken, operating off memory. Um, he uh, he engaged in the same sort of practices, which are in fact illegal in North Carolina, and uh, and they called for a, a new election, and uh, and the Republican candidate uh, just threw in the towel. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, Tom Perez over there at the DNC and uh, the New York Times and the Washington Post all claimed this was proof that um, you know the the Republicans are engaged in uh, engage in voter fraud and such things they turned a blind eye entirely to the bar- ballot harvesting that took place in Orange County and in other places by the Democrats throughout the country uh, and the abuses that uh, ballot harvesting facilitates purposefully Basically, what it does is it allows uh, campaign workers to show up at people's houses who who have not uh, yet returned uh, a mail-in ballot um, and uh, tell them to go get their mail-in ballot. I'll help you fill it out. And uh, and after we work together to get this uh, ballot, you know, completed, I will take it and deliver it to. Uh, in the case of California, uh, these these uh, political operatives are taking the ballots directly to the supervisor of elections in other places where they're um, they're abusing uh, this ballot harvesting practice. They're uh, they're taking the ballots to the post office instead and dropping them in there so that there's no record whatsoever that in fact these uh, these ballots were. Um, collected, polite term, uh, by by political operatives. Can you imagine whether or not they're uh, they're delivering any of these ballots to uh, the supervisor of elections or even the post office if those ballots are not filled out in a way that benefits uh, the people that are paying them? So I've got a clip for you here. It's very enlightening. It's uh, from Texas, and it's interviewing a uh, a political worker called Zadia Bueno explaining exactly what they do uh, when they uh, they go out and harvest these mail-in ballots uh, for for the political campaigns. Oops, and bye. So for 50 ballots, this, uh, this young lady is being paid by uh, the, the candidate, um, 50 or $75, I think she said. 
When I get this card and I get the stamp, I take it to Lupe Martinez. Okay. And they be sure that the name is right, uh, the prison number is right, Alice is right, her age is right, and she signs everything, she puts the stamps. And when we finish all of the 50 cards, right. we get all the stamps and we go drop them off at the post office. So when they drop them off at the post office, you can no longer trace whether or not these ballots have been corrupted, possibly. Uh, you won't even know who to go talk to to find out whether or not, uh, you know, the ballot was in fact filled out um, by the voter or if uh, if it was filled out correctly by the voter. Listen to what she says next. You guys pay the stamp fee? You no. guys pay for the stamp? No. Who pays for the stamp? Lupe Martinez, whoever candidate I'm helping pays for the stamps. Okay. So, so the voter doesn't even put a stamp on this. The political worker collects the ballot, helps uh, helps the voter fill it out, provides the stamp, and then delivers it to the post office. When this ballot came in, I would go and knock at every house and ask, have you got your ballot? Okay. So this ballot means it was coming in a green envelope. Okay. You take that envelope, this page out, okay. and then you have a white envelope. You stick the, this part in the white envelope, and then you stick it in the yellow envelope. You seal the yellow envelope, and they're supposed to sign here on the top. Okay. Okay, before that, I, let's make it like you. Okay. I would go to you, and, and you don't know how to write read. Okay. And I would go, Mr. Scott, I am with the, uh, with the election, and I'm helping Lupe Martinez. I'm helping Armando Barrera, and I'm helping Mr. Figueroa. So, you go to the voter who is illiterate in the English language, can't read or write. You tell him, I'm here from the candidates. Tell him which candidates you're representing and I'm here to help you vote. But the way I will tell you is, you don't know how to write or read, remember. Mm-hmm. Um, would you want me to sign for Lupe Martinez? Or, I mean, not sign. Would you want Mr. Martinez or you want Mr. Juan Rodriguez? Okay. Now, the voter can't read. So the voter, in the case she's describing, is taking the word of this political operative who's working for one of the candidates and says, who do you want me to vote for? Or who do you who do you want to vote for? I will check the box for you. Nothing open there to corruption or voter fraud at all. I didn't know anything like that. I don't know either. I don't know either. And you know that this election has been gone for gone for a long time, and you say, "Well, I want to change." What do you mean? Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. I want someone new. Yes. So when they say I want you, I mean I have to go to what they say, even if they don't know how to write and read. But I would go for Lupe Martinez because this one has already been in here for a while. Okay. And so I mean I'm asking you what you want. And you say I want to change. I want. So she's interpreting uh, the voters' desire and making the uh, casting the ballot for that voter based on her interpretation, and she's being paid by the candidate. <laughs> And this is going on throughout the country, not only in California, where it's perfectly legal now, but this type of fraud is actually taking place in uh, in places like Texas and, and other states. Um, it's just being done with this uh, separation of instead of delivering the ballots directly to the supervisor of elections, they're dropping them in the mailbox. So, so all of this activity is being hidden. The Democrats, uh, you know, were quick to condemn this case in North Carolina where the Republicans kept their own house in order. Democrat Tom Paris said uh, the decision to throw out the results there uh, were, were the right thing to do. Totally ignoring 
Perez is, along with his shills in the media, the fact that the Democrats are the ones that are engaged in widespread ballot harvesting, not only in California, like I say, but across the country. We have absolutely got to do something about uh, ballot harvesting. It's a third-world Banana Republic practice, and uh, and it's going on especially being targeted in areas with uh, high immigrant populations uh, of people who may or may not actually be um, qualified to vote. In California and Illinois and New York, you're automatically uh, registered to vote when you apply for a driver's license. Illegal aliens are uh, eligible to apply for those driver's license, and there's nothing on the form uh, that uh, differentiates them. So these people show up uh, at these these uh, new voters' homes. Say, have you got this uh, this green envelope that you were mailed yesterday or the day before? I'm here to help you fill it out to make sure that uh, Lupe Martinez or whichever uh, candidate they're representing, so that your vote will count. It's unbelievable uh, the kind of things that the Democrats are able to get away with with uh, with uh, support and uh, and what's the word I'm looking for turning a blind eye of the mainstream media because they've you know 95 percent or more of the media is uh, at their back they're being allowed to get away with all of this corruption that never uh, should have been allowed. Well, that's about all for this show. If you like this show, please like, comment, and share. If you're uh, watching on YouTube, please please be sure to hit that subscribe button. And uh, we will talk to you again tomorrow. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Here's to the innovators, the makers, the doers, and the hustlers of D.C. With Facebook Elevate, you can grow your business, build your online presence, kickstart your career, or turn your passion of creating content into a reality. Facebook Elevate is a program that provides free digital marketing courses and one-on-one coaching from experts that can help you grow your business. Learn more at facebook.com slash fbelevate. Facebook Elevate, on the rise, together.